0: And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 245, and today I'm joined by filmmaker Patrick Haggerty. Patrick is the director of such films as Home in Time, The Golden Ticket, and Dave vs. Death. And today, we're going to watch a film together. So we're sitting down to
2: watch There Will Be Blood. I'm Jeremy, and I have seen this film... But only once. And I think, oh, maybe I've seen it twice, but I definitely saw it when it was in the theaters. Uh, and I picked it up. So I think that I've seen it twice. <laughs> and I am sitting here with
1: Patrick Haggerty. Hi. Uh,
2: and you, you have not seen this
1: film. I have not seen it. It is, oh my God. I have cats here that are crazy. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it off. Bucking we're gonna have a, going to have a brawl on the podcast. Uh, can pine cones off the yeah, it's possible off the mantle. My wife does fitness classes from the house and they they rage like through the <laughs> through the, over her mats and stuff and fight in the in her video classes.
2: Are they characters um, in,
1: in her class? They they are. They are. And I I think it helps her uh, viewership, honestly. Or it probably doesn't helps. hurt. People tune in for the fighting cast. Yeah. <laughs> they're all they're also horrendously cute. They're very, very cute. Doesn't hurt. Um so I you have to digress. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We, so, so what? What
2: are there? Is Paul Thomas Anderson a filmmaker that you don't necessarily uh, gravitate towards,
1: or did you just miss this one? Uh, a lot of my, quite a few black holes for me have a similar reason why they're black holes. I, I love uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I loved, I liked Boogie Nights. I wasn't crazy with Boogie Nights. I loved, loved, loved Magnolia and Punch Drunk Love. I don't know. I don't know if I've fallen in love with a film of his since. Like I did see I did see Phantom Thread, oddly, but I haven't seen this. Um I wasn't that excited about it. I didn't really love The Master, although I don't I kind of have a problem with Joaquin Phoenix. I just think he plays the same sort of malcontent in every movie. That hmm. that might be my I mean, a- the only one the only one of that opinion. But um Yeah, I uh
2: I saw the fan i saw fan of that and i liked it way more than i expected to i expected to go in think, and i I just kind of expected the whole thing to be slow and dull but i was really it was one of those times i think i just saw it at the perfect time where i was ready for like something that was going to linger but it also had more energy than i expected and, and i liked it i didn't love the master i didn't love inherent vice
1: um, oh yeah, I also, yeah, maybe that was the Joaquin Phoenix effect. And, but, and
2: I yeah. haven't seen Licorice Pizza yet, but a lot of people are saying it's a return to form. Like it,
1: it's, it feels a lot more like his earlier work, which makes me really excited to see it. Maybe, maybe it's the time period, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, I mean, this has been on my queue for a long time. And I think, I think a lot of reasons some movies stay black holes for me is like, I, uh, you know, I am a cinephile. I I like to see all the top movies of the year, but I think sometimes I, maybe even more as I get older, I just, like this movie just looks a little grim to me. And (laughs) so often when I go to a movie, I, I do often prefer to, I lean towards movies that are going to give me some joy or escapism rather than the more serious, more grim movies, which I do appreciate, but it's just, I don't know. I just usually lean another way or, you know also being married you got to often convince like your wife to watch something and
2: you know, i'm lucky my something. my wife tends to go to bed at 9 so i can usually sneak a movie uh, in after cuz we don't uh, there's a there's a Venn diagram where we meet up in our tastes but there's a lot of there's a lot of things on, on the tertiary sides um yeah i i can definitely promise some escapism with this movie i don't want to like say there's a tremendous amount of joy but uh but
1: escapism you will have yeah, and it's not. It's not that I. It's not that I don't want to see those movies or don't appreciate them. It's just like I gravitate. I, I, I don't know. I think I feel like the older you get, sometimes the harder life gets, and there's like. Oh, I get it, man. Especially you, in your life, and it's like you don't. You don't feel like you need more of it. For no, a movie,
2: but. no, 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 no. There are certain movies I put up because I'm like I just don't want to feel that feeling. Uh, right now, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's. I wonder if that. I always think about that with um, like musicians who uh, performed the same songs for years, decades, right? Because so many, I know know Trent Reznor said this once about his Nine Inch Nails songs, because there's so many of them that are just so dark and come from like a real tough place. And I think he said once that, I can't remember what song it was, it could have been Hurt, but uh, one of those songs where he's just like, I can't do that song live anymore because it just takes too much out of me emotionally to go to the place where I can do it properly. And I don't want to feel that way anymore. So I'm not going to perform that anymore. And I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah. if, you're, if you're a fan and you hear that and you don't have empathy, then you're a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> I think he was happy to pass that one along to Johnny Cash. I think it, yeah. actually he said after Johnny Cash did it, he, I think he basically transferred ownership. He's like, it's Johnny Cash's song now. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it really and it was. It's such a great song for both of them. But it was like once Johnny Cash did it, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is the proper way to do this song. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I uh, so I always want, I always think about that when it comes to sometimes watching movies and just like the, the feeling you. Uh, but then I also get you know sometimes I just don't want to watch a goofy comedy. Sometimes I want to watch something that is gonna let me feel or think or or whatnot. So I, I it, there's definitely uh, a correlation to kind of like my viewing habits uh, in relation to the mood I'm in.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's been high, high. It's been high on my list of black holes for a long time. So that's, so, that's, so that's what my do you that's know- what I value about this little project of yours is it? Yeah. Watching it. <laughs> so what do you know about it? Uh, you know, I've seen some main images. I know it's, uh, it's, um, that, uh, that young man from the left foot, uh, Daniel day Lewis and, uh, <laughs> Paul Dano. I know. Pa- I, I know. Paul Dano was like a last-minute replacement. They had somebody else.
2: Yeah, and that I they wanted. And he. I'll remember while we're watching. Um, yeah. But it's 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 fascinating watching him in it, thinking that it was supposed to be someone else because he's so good in it. Yeah, I believe he was nominated last year. <coughs>
1: wasn't? He,
2: yeah. If he he should have been. Uh, if he wasn't, but I'm pretty sure he was as well.
1: This it didn't did it win best picture or not? I can't recall, and I was nominated. I,
2: I'm almost entirely sure it did not. But it was one of those yeah. years that was stacked. I think yeah. it, was, it was like him versus like Scorsese versus a bunch of other Maybe. white male filmmakers. Uh,
1: Maybe it was beat out by The Departed or
2: something. <laughs> could have been. It could have been The Departed well, year. Took- like, I want to say this was 2007, but I could be wrong. Uh, we'll look it up. We'll look it up in in the interim and, and report yeah, back. Yeah, I, I know
1: it's uh, Daniel D. Lewis and uh, Paul Dano, and they're I guess father son, and it's uh, something to do with like oil, okay. or finding oil in Texas, and it's a lot of it's dark, has a lot of reds. I don't know. I'm not
2: going to I'm not going to confirm or deny any of that, so that way you can enjoy yeah. it and let it wash over
1: that's, you. Yeah,
2: the oil. The oil, I think, is, uh, is a giveaway. I think you probably know that just from any kind of promotional material. But uh, yeah. Uh, great. Great, 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 great. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to leave it there because I don't want to spoil anything. And I am excited. I'm actually excited to re-dive in because I've been using some sequences from this from, for one of the directing classes I teach. And mm-hmm. I haven't actually re-watched the sh- movie. So <coughs> I'm excited to do that.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah, you'll have to tell me uh, after the movie what uh, what sequence that is.
2: I will. We'll get into it. All right. So all right. Uh, we'll be right back. Let's all go to the lobby
0: to get ourselves a treat. So we just yeah. finished. And?
1: That was, that was a movie. I was right. It was uh, it was a little grim. A little grim? Uh, not entirely, but uh, mostly. No
2: no 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 it's got like there's a i don't want to say there's a lightness to it but there's a sense of like
0: fun to a lot of it to sections of it anyway
1: <laughs> There, there isn't places i did like i did laugh at some points i laughed a little at the end i mean the ending scene in the bowling alley is you kind of have to nuts but then it, but you know but then it ends
2: super dark Um uh, well, all of it, even that last bit, like spoilers, obviously. But that last bit, when you just it just cuts to that overhead shot and it's like he's been bludgeoned. You're like, what the? F- what? Like you almost have to give like an awkward, weird laugh there, right? <laughs> it almost demands it.
1: Well, I mean, I like the turn of events when you know he got him screaming like that. uh He's a false prophet, and God is a superstition. You know, it's like. Anyway, yeah, it was sort of yeah, it's a- from when he. Had to, you know, go to church and embarrass himself, and
2: and uh, well, and and the irony is, is I mean, and 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 the, and the beauty is, is that they're both doing, like, you know, depending on how you view the characters, obviously, um, but they're both like exposing each other, right? They're both right about yeah. each other to some degree, um, uh, and of course, it's the worst thing they can do to each other, like that look that. Daniel Day yeah. Lewis gives Paul Dano when he tells him it's like, you abandon your child. Like, say, like, he like the, the glare he gives him when he makes it repeat it the second time. Yeah. Cause it's like, I did it once. That was enough. Then to make him do it over and over again. Like, the look he gives him, oh, it's just like, fuck. <laughs> it's so well, good. It's, that,
1: it's like that moment there, that third time when he made him say it was like the moment he decided he was going to kill him eventually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just that's like, one day I'll fucking murder you for this, but it's so, it's just that, that scene is so good and intense and, and wonderful. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'll go ahead.
1: I like the simplicity of it in a lot of senses. I mean, I think, Oh, I've been shooting lately, but like the fact that you're, you know, you're talking about using sequences in your your directing class. I just, you know, I was just watching it structurally, just how it's put together. And it's, it's, you know it's got a great feel of like classic cinema where it's not it's not overshot there's not tons of coverage it's just a lot of scenes play in a two shot or like a long
2: wall. No.
1: or you know and it's you know great scenes between those two guys They're like yeah it's okay if Paul Dano turns away and delivers a line away from camera it's not like you know nobody's desperate to grab like his face for that one line. you don't need it it's just it's no the yeah, sta- it's, the I, staging I, I like of that it
2: yeah, the staging of it's masterful. Yeah, I use this um, at the beginning of my, I teach a directing course. And so at the beginning, one of the, the things I do with students, I put them in groups and I give each group a different scene from a different movie. Uh, and I say, and I kind of teach them the fundamentals of how to uh, break down a scene just in terms of like what to look for in terms of you know performance, shot um, selection, um, music, Editing all these different components and that I want them to discuss. And I just give them a scene to break down. And so the scene that they get is the scene where the, the oil first explodes on and the sun goes deaf. Um, Yeah. Is that scene right? Start starting from that one shot where you just push in, push in, push in, push in. And then it ends on the, the bell ringing or whatever it is. They're starting to shake it starts to shake and then ending on the, the big silhouette shot of all the flames or oh, not, not not. they're actually ending on that shot when it's just pushing in on Daniel Day-Lewis. And he's like, how is uh How is uh, HW? He's like, Oh, he's bad. But he's clearly doesn't give a shit at this point. Like all he sees is the money, right? Like he's not at this point, could care less about the kid. Um, even though up to that point, like you get a real sense of a bonding between the two of them. Right. Um, but then as soon as the kid goes deaf, he's useless to him. Yeah. And even says it later on in life, like he tells him when he's older that you were just, um, a prop that I used to help convince people to give me their land. And part of you goes, was that true at the time? Like, cause he felt he seemed to have a genuine affinity and affection for the child, um, at the time. So it's it's interesting cuz it like it feels like it's a real turning point when uh, Paul Dano's character shows up again later on where everything goes south cuz he I mean he oil comes with greed obviously right like you don't get into the oil game unless you're inherently greedy to some degree but at he's not a terrible man at that point. Like there's something he he
1: loved, he loved his son. He absolutely loved his kid. He could see it in a lot of places. Like I I think at the end, he was kind of hurt. Right. I think his issue was like, he, I don't know what was up with him and women. If you, I just think he kind of hated everybody, but he like, he bonded with the kid. And then I think, yeah, like he didn't respond well to the weakness when he got deaf, but he also, it also coincided with the brother, the fake brother coming along. So he had, he kind of, he, he had a friendship with the brother. And I think he liked the brother because he thought he was his brother until like that moment he figured out he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like for him, he had less of a need of the son when he, the brother came around because that gave him that one person that he didn't hate in the world um, yeah. that he could talk to. But then, once the brother was gone, he needed the son again. And then, when the son wanted to leave him at the end, like towards the end of the movie, it's like, well, he's got nobody else. He's got no. <laughs> he doesn't know how to love anybody else, so he just lashed out at him.
0: So. No, but even the
2: first time we see him as an old man, as not an old man but older, like he sh- he's got a shotgun in the middle of this giant mansion. He's just shooting across this giant long. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: <time>. he's <laughs> also a horrendous drunk. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Very much a shadow of his former self.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a bit of a dink.
2: Yeah. Had you heard the the milkshake speech before? Or that, like, I drink your milkshake? From
1: this movie? No. Oh, no, just that in general, like, as a pop culture thing. My, My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard? Well, there's that. No, I think it's
2: become a meme. It's um that people have used as well. The I, I drink oh, your milkshake. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah, it sounds familiar. Is it from? Like, it's sort of taken from the movie that I. Well, I, it's
2: at the end he's during that speech, right? When he's talking about. Yeah. No. Uh,
1: really, I, yeah.
2: no yeah. Well, it's, it's a quote actually from um, the book, The Epton Saint Clair. Uh, Novel that uh, P.T. Anderson yeah. very loosely based it upon. But uh, it's, it's, it just became this famous, like, set. If the movie had, like, a catchphrase, it would probably be, I drink your okay. milkshake. Yeah. Uh, that, that came out of it. Um, what's, so the movie that I was trying to remember, I, I didn't look up the rest of the movies in the 2007 Oscars, but the other movie that it was definitely competing against was No Country for Old Men. And what oh, was that?
1: In- that won the Oscar.
2: Yeah. And what was interesting was it was shooting in the same area at the same time as this movie ah, and there was go. yeah and when they were doing um the big the tests for the big oil fire and explosion uh it just it like it shut down the Cohen shoot for a day or two because the sky was just full of smoke and they hadn't the productions what? didn't they didn't think to coordinate with them they, like they knew they were yeah. shooting but they didn't realize they'd fuck fuck them over so there's probably like a page of joy from the Coens when they, when they beat. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. the I Shut us down for a day or two, you bastard. Um, That's funny. Two very uh, different movies, but also two like interesting movies that, that those movies came out at the same time from both those like very uh, yeah. specific directors. Cause they are very much, they're almost like, Explicitly tied for me, I think, because they came out the same year and I saw them around the same time. But they also they're also these longer, different movies. Like this is like I think I like what you said about the simplicity. It's like I think the easiest way to describe this as is, is a a simple epic because it is so epic in scope with just the, like just the set design and it and just like the literally the scope of the the planes and the atmosphere right. Um, but
1: just like the attention to detail, uh, and I just I love the set design. Just even the just the, machine. the wooden structures that they. Built. Oh yeah, I mean, you know it's not modern lumber. It's like it's rough old lumber. That, can you imagine like, just,
2: walking yeah. on that? Just can you imagine just like you're a writer or director too? It's like right having the balls to write that and then know that somebody's going to have to build it. <laughs>
1: Well, it's it's an amazing, it's a beautiful and an amazing build. I mean, uh, but I, I mean, there's more elaborate, expensive and complex builds. Sure. Uh, for sure. For you know, sure. From a cost perspective or, but I mean, it it takes a great artisan to make that, make that beautiful. Like it's, uh,
2: yeah. That's great. true. I mean, it, it's a, for a period piece, it's really probably not that expensive of a film because it's
1: almost, it's a lot in of it's just the desert. You know, you built some wood structures. Yeah, there's not a lot. I it was, a, it, it, was an amazing, it was a. It was a big jump to go from all the like mud and dirt and nothing into like that giant house at the end. You're like, oh, that's that's a big jump from like because they lived in a shack prior to the.
2: Well, there's pipeline. also I think probably like a 20 year time difference between or 15 year or whatever it is between the the time periods there. It's the biggest time jump I think. The whole movie takes place over the course of what 30 years. It looks I think roughly. The first one's like at the end of the 1900s when he breaks his leg breaks his leg and then drags himself off to the uh the smelter
1: the beginning of the movie which was like three years ago but the beginning of the movie was 15 minutes I like I I I paused it once like the first line was spoken because it was like it was like 14 and a half minutes no dialogue which I think is pretty cool
2: and 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 but you're gripped you're engaged because you're you're yeah. there there's a story going on there uh and yeah, it's simple going and wonderful yeah i forgot about that this time i i noticed that the first time around uh and i remember it being discussed uh when it came out but then i totally forgot this time around because i was just probably i knew i knew that but i was also just so absorbed in it
1: yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't feel gimmicky or necessarily stand out it just like I don't know as a filmmaker, just you know you notice, but
2: yeah. Well, there's no one from Doctor Who either. He's by himself. He's the he's this. I like that he goes from this hermit. Like he yeah, he kind of returns in the end. It's it's very much this yeah. uh bookend where he starts off as a hermit and ends as a hermit. Um yeah, and everything that happens in between.
1: It's uh it's a it's a masterful movie. It's like it's it's stunning in many ways. I'm glad I watched it, but I also I also, like, don't, I, I think cinema is littered with movies about uh, terrible, broken, cursed men. And I just, <laughs> I, I don't know if we need more of them. Like, maybe that's why I don't like Joaquin Phoenix movies, because I think like, I feel like that's all he does. Um, like the Joker, but. Uh, <laughs> her her. And so movies about loathsome men, like, I just don't know why. He, like, what's he, the point?
2: Just, just just to defend Walking for one second, he did make her.
1: Yeah, her. Okay, fair enough.
2: And I haven't seen Come On, Come On yet, but I've heard that's quite I, enjoyable.
1: I hear Come On, Come On's good. Uh, it's been it's been a long time since I've seen him do a different character. He's I, oh no, weird, I, awkward, broken, misanthrope.
2: Yes, that's definitely his uh, his thing. But uh, I don't disagree at all, and I, I don't don't disagree with the sentiment too that the you know the world is littered with movies about. The terrible
1: arrogant Robesome men. Some men, yeah. It's like, uh, it's. I, inter- I dig it, but it's like at the end, you're like, okay, it was a horrible fucking man, like doing horrible things. Why? Why should I care? Yeah, <laughs> and
2: and and it wasn't. And I think Paul Thomas Anderson said that if Daniel Day Lewis uh, didn't do the part, he wasn't going to make the movie because he couldn't think of anyone else that would be able to do that character in a way that would make it fascinating. And interesting to watch.
1: Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, yes, he makes it compelling. Uh
2: yeah. Um, for I I, I totally see what you're saying. Uh he worked on that character for three years as they were like getting ready to make the movie. He just really I I don't know. I don't know
1: what Go ahead. I've heard the stories. I know. He's yeah, he's uh he's intense. Yeah. He makes notes, builds characters, lives lives in them. Yeah.
2: I, me- I remember hearing a story about when they were casting the kid who played HW. Um, he was marvelous. So good. Yeah. So he's the, he was their top choice, only real kid they were interested in for it. Uh, and the mother wasn't sh- sure about it because she, she knew that he, she was spending a lot of time with Daniel Day-Lewis. And so she wanted to see what kind of guy he was and what kind of energy or would be around. So she watched gangs in New York <laughs> Oh my and God. then <laughs> right and she's like i don't yeah. think so it doesn't feel right blah 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 blah. and casting found out why she like, it was based on that and so they rushed her over a dvd of the age of innocence
1: <laughs> okay. like please also yeah. watch this he's not just this i thought i thought you were gonna say like they met like she met with him but that would have been bad too, because he probably would have been in like character. In character for this character, like for the past, for the previous year.
2: Well, that's just it. Like he's he in, in, infamously doesn't break character, so I'm so yeah. he would have been this guy. He would have been Daniel Plainview, uh, Plainview on on set. So you're still going to get that miserable, crotaceous guy. But that said, he would have probably treated the kid very well because he thought well of the kid at that age.
1: Yeah, and he did. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, for the, most of the movie, he treated his son pretty well.
2: Yeah, until <laughs> until he kicked him out, and then but then he brought him back after he was shamed by Eli. Yeah, yeah. Does the movie ever explicitly um, confirm whether or not uh, Paul and Eli are separate people, or if it's a con?
1: That's a that's a good question. I was I wondered that a few times, like what was, yeah, because never...
2: he he never asks the father if he has two sons. I think he assumes at the beginning it's a con. He has that great look when he when um, Paul Dano reappears for the first time as Eli, where yeah. he comes over as if he's never seen him before, and he's a yeah, boy star- too. Yeah, and 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 um, uh, Daniel DeLos is just staring him down like. Uh, I know we know each other and, and he's just like studying him. It's so great. Danny D. Lewis is so great in that scene. Cause he's just like, are you going to break or are you going to like let something? It's like, okay, you're not. And he never calls him on it. Like he never makes a comment about you're really Paul, but it's something I always wondered uh, watching the movie. And I didn't remember if there was any clues that suggested either way. But there
1: was part is there of me... the question because you never heard about that brother afterwards, right? So he just, like, fucked off with his money. But if, if he was a separate person, there is this scene when um, Eli goes after his father, though, and keeps calling his father stupid in the house and, like, throttles his father. He, he does mention uh, Paul at that point. Uh, okay. So unless... I don't know. Unless he's still creating stories or there's some... He he does mention Paul at that point. He's like the stupid uh, Paul.
2: Yeah, and then it's probably then it probably holds up. But uh, I remember at the time wondering, um, or probably just wanting the idea that it's another person. But then it also, uh, in a way, it would work because it mirrors the brother character, right, or the the quote brother character.
1: Yeah, but but it's an interesting choice to have Paul Dano play the other guy. Like there's no need for it to be a twin brother, unless you, unless you want to create that mystery or that oddness right
2: Uh, well that's just it right like why why do that otherwise um but either way it's just another one of those mystery box things that uh i don't know if paul thomas anderson has ever been asked that an interviewer answered it huh
1: yeah it was pretty yeah it was interesting at the end too when he was needling him about his brother paul he's like paul is the smart one he went off he's got ten thousand dollars he's got a business actually it sounded like he was describing himself at the beginning of the movie when he had like three wells and was pulling 5,000 a day. Oh, and that's, that's just exactly it. what he had going on at the beginning.
2: Yeah. And I wonder that Yeah, and the exact, even the dollar figures he mentions, he's bringing it at $5,000 a week. It was the exact yeah, same thing same. he mentioned. And so that's another thing that made me wonder, is it, is it, is it him just fucking with him to say, Hey, your brother did great. Uh, Cause he listened to me and, and whatnot. Right. Even if he knows that, or if it was his way of revealing that he knew he was full of shit the whole time, I don't know. Uh, I think part of me wants to believe that Eli was playing this this rouge 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 the whole time. Um, yeah, it, I don't. I I tried looking it up and I couldn't find an answer for who um, Paul Denner replaced in the movie casting. Yeah, was it like
1: Jake Gyllenhaal or something? Or, that I sounds.
2: Forget. That actually sounds right. Um, yeah, that would have been interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Paul Dano was fabulous. <laughs> He's
2: so <it's laughs> the, just the a,
1: whole like speaking in tongues and the faith healing stuff.
2: <laughs> well, that's just because and it's it gets to the point where it's annoying and you hate him, but that's kind of the point, right? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal would have killed that too because Jake Gyllenhaal has that ability to go wild eyed and crazy and over the top, um, yeah. but but still be able to rein it in when needed, yeah.
1: I yeah. think Joe and Hall might have been more felt more like an equal, though. Like the Paul and Eli never really necessarily did. Like not like much of a.
2: No, they well, they're oil and water in a way, right? Um, like yeah. they don't they don't fit together, and I think that almost works as well. Like you have these two people that had they not bumped into each other in life, might have would have had probably
1: been happier. <laughs> yeah yeah it was an interesting cat and mouse like their lives are definitely yeah definitely well just cool that first
2: that first scene when he because you know the original uh deal they make is that it's like i'm gonna you're gonna call me up and say these yeah. wonderful things and here's the thing i, I firmly left. believe if he <laughs> didn't have that laundry list or shit he wanted him to say like son of the earth and blah 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 he totally would have let him give him a blessing but it was all that other stuff he was just like nah fuck you you're done it
1: um, yeah it's just power dynamics right like he's trying to
2: yeah, but then you ask Got that it. question, too, if you're on, on Team Eli. It's like, if he would just let him have, give the goddamn blessing at the, at the ceremony, would none of that bad stuff happen? Would his son not gone deaf? Would that guy not die? Would any, all that stuff, you know? It, yeah. it it goes, you know, was that part of the thing? Was he right, too? I, lo- I love that the movie never gives any clear answers, that it just lets you sit back and kind of decide how to judge these people yourself.
1: Yeah. They uh they should show this movie in like workplace safety seminars. So there's a lot like as as in, I, I did like a working at heights uh thing like course recently. You know as as when I work as an ad a lot like I, I deal a lot in workplace safety. Like oh my god, I'm watching a lot of that just. You know, things falling on dudes down in 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 oil wells. But I'm sure things even at the beginning of the movie, they got these rickety wood things and <laughs> they just fall apart. It's just, oh my god, it was a different age. But, um, you know, kidding aside, well, but also the I, I swear, is there not a there was a part when there was a guy down the well and he was smoking, right? <laughs> like,
2: yeah, not smart. Well, not a whole lot well, of.
1: When the when the thing caught on fire, they didn't really show out why it caught on fire. But then the, I saw another well, and they had like a fire nearby, like doing something, like melting. Well, he,
2: when he's when um, Daniel Lewis is running towards it as it's shooting up, he's like, "Put out the fire! Put out the fire!" They probably just had a fire nearby for
1: whatever reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as part of the, as part of the rig, right? The worker warm, but like, yeah, I'm sure it's not the first oil well to go up from a fucking cigarette. But um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love. I liked it. They, I was, I was curious, I was curious how they would put the fire out, right? The fire in the well. It reminded me of like, I, I, the, the, the first Gulf war, right. When they set fire to all the oil wells. I'm like, how, how do you put those out? But so it was, when it was with dynamite. It was like, I saw the dynamite. I'm like, is that, that's how you put it out? You blow, yeah. You blow it out. With dynamite. Dirt, dirt, dirt. And, and so you suffocate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, I thought that was interesting, and then like the they're pushing it forward, right? And these like wooden carts with the little shield, going like, ee! and then they run.
2: <laughs> oh Sorry. my god, that must have been a, a very fun and crazy day on set. I can't imagine even the heat. All oh, that would have been the uh, That's apparently heat. the oil they what they use for oil is the closest thing I could find was uh, quote. Uh, the same stuff they use for the milkshakes at McDonald's. Okay.
1: So <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what that so means. It's really thick and black. My potatoes like, is my understanding.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, before they burned, I don't know. That makes sense. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any other
1: final thoughts on the movie? Uh, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I mean, the, the performances are marvelous. Again, I, I it just reaffirms my belief that, that yeah, cinema it's a long history of too many movies about loathsome men, but um, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's it's fair. changing
1: now. We're we're getting a lot of movies these days about like loathsome women, and
2: it's yep. uh, <laughs> it's coming around, yeah, it's coming around. Uh yeah, I'm I'm glad I revisited it. I um I've been meaning to. I read this great book, this great coffee table book on P.T. Anderson. Uh, that came out a year or two ago. Oh cool. I, I borrowed it from the library, and so I kind of I've been wanting to go through and revisit some of the movies, especially the ones that I didn't love, just to give them another shot. Uh, but I'm looking forward to Licorice Pizza. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good. Yeah.
1: Pizza. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. Are you have you seen most of like uh, a lot of the like Oscar. Like best picture movies,
2: I'm pretty. I'm pretty behind because I haven't been going to the cinemas. Um, well, just was, that... half of them are on streamers now. <laughs> yeah, no, the ones that are on streamers, I've been. I've been catching up on. I still haven't seen Dune. I just never got around to it in the fall. Uh, and, uh, and I saw my... it in
1: IMAX, and it was incredible.
2: Yeah, my my son wanted to go see it with me, but then we could never find a time where we had like three hours to kill. Um, yeah, and a day that I think worked it
1: was my first. I think it was my first movie back, or maybe I, that was, yeah. I think I saw Eternals and then Dune and Dune. Yeah. Yeah. I made a point of seeing, I mean, Denny that has been my hero since uh, he did Maelstrom in like the early thousands. Yeah. So, so I just, i see everything he does in the theater. But, um, so
2: yeah. So I've been, I've probably missed it in the theaters unless they, oh, they'll be screening it through the officer season. So I'll try to get to see it in the theater before it dies. It
1: reminded me of this movie was a uh, uh, power of the dog which
2: that one I, I still haven't seen yet. Really I've a
1: loathsome man that I don't like, but um,
2: how is it again, though? Cause I haven't seen it yet, but I, I <laughs> plan on seeing it as part of the Oscar watch.
1: It remind it reminds me of this actually, but also uh, and Johnny Greenwood does the music for both.
2: Yeah. The music in there will be blood is really is, is quite interesting because it's very simplistic, but there's also these moments like of just these, these droning notes that are really, really great.
1: It was powerful. The uh, there was when he was arriving at Little Boston, uh at the Sunday farm, like just showing up, there was like really ominous music, which was like I really liked. It was powerful. Um, was yeah, that's just
2: that's just it. I mean I, I what I love about a Paul Thomas Anderson movie is that no matter what, is like I know I'm gonna be treated to like a masterclass in craft. You know, every shot is gonna be well thought out. Um, the music, everything Yeah, his, his use of You know, cinematography and staging Is, you know, it's not Quite Spielbergian But it's up there, like he, he Knows how to frame a shot And why uh, and, yeah. and, and sadly that's not something That uh, There's only like a certain percentage of, of, of You know, working filmmakers Out there, that I think, that actually know How to do that uh, On a consistent level that are doing it for every single shot of the movie where a lot of people just, you know, fall into the old tricks um, or do stuff because it looks cool where his stuff looks cool. And there's a reason for it, you know?
1: Yeah, it's definitely very, yeah, very thought out, thoughtfully constructed and then, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to see. Yeah. (laughs) It's late. We're tired. It is late. Um,
2: well, well, thanks yeah. for doing this, okay. buddy.
1: Thanks for helping me uh, plug one of my black holes. And uh, yeah, again, it was the first movie I projected since uh, the, the Christmas tree came down because it was in well, the way of my tree, So I'm glad
2: I gave you an excuse to to put your setup yeah. back together as it should be. Yes. And when we'll, uh, I
1: think next I'm going to screen. I have. Uh, I'm excited to watch uh, Nightmare Alley, which was shot in Toronto.
2: Nice. That's another one I haven't seen yet, so I'm going to watch that soon, too.
1: Yeah, a lot of good colleagues. Some colleagues I know were nominated for Oscars for that, which is exciting. Nice. All right, buddy. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. Yeah, good to see you, pal. Um, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Let's all go. Thanks for joining us for There Will Be Blood. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf Podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at lonjeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks.
1: Let's all go to the lobby To get ourselves a treat